0: This Sunday, last year, was a traumatic Sunday for me and probably difficult for many of you as well. Let me remind you what was going on. This was actually the first Sunday uh, last year that we had to cancel meeting together For worship. On that week before, we had started a membership class. And on Friday night, as is our custom, we had the class over to our home for dinner. And uh, had an enjoyable time with one another, getting to know one another. And I explained to them some of the things that were going to be a little bit different on that Sunday... Uh, because we were going to have communion. We had every intention at that point of uh, doing some things for safety and so on, uh, but of worshiping together. And then Saturday came. And you may remember, uh, it is like it was yesterday to me, uh, things were moving very quickly quickly that day in terms of concerns, uh, churches canceling. I spent virtually the whole day on the phone, uh, not virtually on, not on the virtual phone. (laughs) We can't get away from that word, can we? Uh, most of the day I was on the phone talking to other pastors and, uh, and others in healthcare and so on. By that afternoon, I decided we we needed to make a decision as uh, the elders of the church. I called each elder. Uh, We spoke and discussed what was going on. And uh, each one, it was unanimous, uh, each of us determined that we needed to cancel for the next day. Out of concern for... The health of our congregation and our community. Uh, each one of us, as well, was so reluctant to do that. It, it was a it was a painful decision to make. Um, our elders then called their shepherd groups. We got word out as much as we could. I came down that evening, made signs, and put them on all the doors. And uh, it was it was a, a very sad time for us. The next day, because we were fully planning to be together for worship, uh, we did not have a recording of worship, and we weren't live streaming at that point. And so uh, I know what I did. I, I watched three or four, I can't remember services that morning and uh, that afternoon I called many from our church, uh, just to speak to them and, uh, hear their voices and them hear mine. Uh, but it was a dark time and I know that that was just the beginning. None of us had any clue that, uh, it would be more than a few weeks at the most. I think, uh, Those that were saying maybe a month, you know, we we couldn't even imagine that. And so here we are. This passage always applies. It has always applied to Christians in their life. But I don't know if there's ever been a time where it has applied, at least in my remembrance as clearly and specifically as to us in this year. So let's stand for the reading of God's word. Beginning with the end of verse 18. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed but that with full courage now as always Christ will be honored in my body whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which shall I choose? I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that's far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all, for your progress and joy in the faith so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again this is the word of the lord thanks be to god let's bow together lord thank you for your word that that's so applied to the church in, in Philippi when your precious Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write these words. And yet it so applies to us in this day. We thank you for that. And we pray that your spirit would teach us today and apply it to our hearts for strength, and for comfort, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Be seated. So what was going on here? Paul had been arrested. He doesn't know whether in the trial... He would be found guilty or innocent. He does know that if he is found guilty, that could mean execution for him. That was hanging over him. That was on the horizon for him. That he would find out whether he would live or whether he would die, be executed. And so this is what he says in verse 20. It's my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. He knows it could be either. But his greatest concern is that whatever God had for him, he would bring Christ glory. That's where his heart was as he was writing this. So we want to look at, at these, these two sides, he says, for me to live as Christ, to die as gain. Life, death. I was struck as we sang the song that we did right before uh, this message. Uh, in verse 5, it says, Two wonders here I confess my worth and my unworthiness. Worth and unworthiness. Both true. We need to understand that. And in the Christian life, there are many of those things that that seem to be opposites. And yet both are taught and both apply to us as believers. And here we have that as well. Living as Christ, dying as gain. Which will it be? We need to understand that removal of the fear of death makes a difference in one's life. Stephen Neal, in his book, The Christian uh, Character, says, it was on the last night of his, Jesus, life, when his enemies were all around him, that he spoke to his disciples of the joy that no man taketh away. Read again the story of his passion. Jesus is seen throughout as calm, quiet, and confident. His last word is, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Now, someone, he says, may say, Yes, but he knew he was going to rise from the dead. But have we not the same promise for ourselves? You get it? Yeah, well, Jesus could could be that way because he knew he would walk out of the tomb. He wouldn't stay dead. Stephen Neal says, if you're in Christ, you know that too. We know that if we are in Christ. For Paul, who went through more difficulty than most of us will ever go through, it was like this. He had his own way of saying that life is temporary no matter how hard it is. At any point, it's temporary, but heaven is eternal. Here's how he said it in Romans 8. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. He's saying, I I am sick, but the great disease has been healed. Sin. Sin. I have a great debt. But that debt has been paid by what Jesus did on the cross. Now, let's flesh out what Paul meant by uh, living with Christ. Um, In verse 22, we read, If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which shall I choose? I cannot tell. So, here's the first aspect that he talks about that. The the proper course for this life is fruitful labor. I am not aware of any scriptural reason for someone to stop serving the Lord. If you know of one, come tell me. Now, I'm not afraid you're going to do that because (laughs) it's just, it's simply not there. Now, there are reasons Sometimes where we may be providentially hindered for a time. If someone's ill, for instance. Sometimes we have to change what we're doing because of uh, physical reasons. But what we don't see here is Paul saying, hey, I put in my time. It's time for someone else to, to step up and and." Be in prison, take the beatings, go through what i 'm going through. never do we see that instead, he makes it clear he gets it this this is up up to God. If God leaves me here, then I need to be fruitful and productive, and that that fits with the, the next aspect that living in in Christ also means there's a there's a purpose in this life verse 24 but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account in other words this this life is worth living it's not just something where we put in our time here until we we get to eternity <clears throat> there's truth in that eternity is forever but this life is Worth living it is how God works in his people. And as long as God sees fit to, to leave us on this earth, we can be assured there is a reason and a purpose for us to be here. If we don't know that, our hearts can, can turn to bitterness, anxiety, depression, hopelessness, If we don't see a purpose in our life, how do we find our purpose? Well, there's a hint in verse 25, and that is that our, our purpose should include others centeredness, not self centeredness, but others centeredness. Look what he says. Convinced of this. I know, uh, that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Something evidently had convinced Paul that he would not be executed. Some think there was a, a pre-trial indication of that or that he had gotten a message that that you won't be executed, that you would soon be freed. But he was convinced that the reason went far beyond any trial or any court. The the reason for him seeing his purpose is God's in control. God wanted him to minister to others. And we know that this epistle is about joy and others' centeredness brings joy. I've seen numerous believers, even in difficult circumstances in a, a nursing home, where some go and, and become depressed there and others go and they spread joy even when they are themselves in difficulty. I've been in rooms Uh, With believers, where where the nurse comes in and and says, I love coming in this room because of her, because of him. As long as we're here, there is a purpose in our life. And at least part of that purpose is others' centeredness. It's not about my satisfaction. So living is Christ, but he goes on and says, dying's game. Verse 21. To die is gain. Again, I I don't know if I've ever preached about this or taught about this when it's been more applicable. Coming through a year where every single day we hear a death toll, where we hear how many are hospitalized with COVID, how many are on Ventilators. Now, you can avoid looking at those numbers. I have literally looked at them every single day. Not, not uh, for any reason other than following what's going on for our congregation. And those don't include others who are ill with other things and other deaths that, that we have been through this year. Now, there's both a positive and negative with that. The negative is that if you, if you dwell on that with a wrong perspective, it, it can be depressing. It can, it can bring you down. The positive is it's caused people to think about their own mortality. And that is important. And it is essential for us as believers to face right up to it but do it with a biblical perspective. So think in terms of, first of all, what death should not be considered. Um, why would he, Paul even say it's, it's gain? Paul understood that, that for the believer, death should not be appreciated just because it's an escape from this life. And sometimes we can fall into that. Now, Paul could have thought in those terms, if only I could die, I, I won't be ever beaten again. I won't be punished. I won't have to go through the stuff I'm going through in prison and, and all of uh, what this life brings. I can escape. But that wasn't what attracted Paul. Paul. It wasn't just getting away from what was going on in his life. Instead, it was about Christ and being with Christ that was the attraction for him. God has chosen our big day for the believer. Psalm 139, 16, all the days of our life were ordained before one of them comes to be. So dying for uh, Paul was gain because he understood what it means to be with Christ. Here's what he says, verse 23. I'm hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ. He doesn't say, my desire is to depart and get out of this mess, get away from this pain, it is a, a blessed relief. That's not wrong, but that should not be our primary motivation. It's about Christ. He says, my desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. So this positive, instead of a, a negative, getting away from this, a positive anticipation of the future, then that puts the present in its right perspective. Sometimes I think we're torn between the two because because there are wonderful things in this life. There are beautiful things to see. There are beautiful days like today. There are wonderful relationships we can have in this life. So there can be a pull between heaven and, and earth But if we get too attached here, it can be because we don't have the kind of anticipation toward heaven that we should have. I had a classmate when I was in seminary who then became a pastor. We were friends for for many years, and he died from cancer. He had the opportunity to speak with each of his five children uh, before he died, spend time with each one. And one of his sons spoke at his funeral, and he said that uh, dad said this to me, son, you're going to miss me far more than I'm going to miss you. Now, he loved his family, and his family loved him. But he understood that he wouldn't be in heaven and there'd be some big gap or grief or something because he would be so filled with Christ. So how does it affect my issues? Well, a right perspective on this can can. Make a difference. The people who received this and believed this walked into lions' dens singing hymns. They were burned at stakes, some of them, singing hymns. How could that be? They were so gripped by the truth of the resurrection that it made all the difference in whatever they were facing they could face anything so what are we gripping on to if you can you can almost picture you know here he says you know i'm, I'm kind of struggling back and forth but if if this is this life and and this is being with christ what are we gonna hold on to think in terms of this life and the struggles of this life And sometimes people grip onto this more than Christ. We should absolutely, as long as we are here, there is a purpose. We should seek to fulfill that. But at the same time, our grip should always be on Christ. And that will make a difference. It puts things into a writer perspective. Paul's response, he says, verse 25, Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ because of my coming to you again. He's basically saying, because of this, because of what I've just said to you, I'm going to persevere. One commentator Uh, with a imaginary conversation got me thinking and uh, I I reworded this. If you can picture uh, the prison guard saying, Paul, we, we don't like you or that rabbi you say you follow. We're going to kill you. Paul's response, that works for me. You see, dying for a believer is gain. The guard says, okay, then we won't kill you. Fine, he might say. If I live, I'll be productive and live a life of joy. The guard says, no, you don't get it. We're going to make this painful for you. You will suffer and then he might, might have said something like this. Well, this is temporary. <laughs> Remember? That's what he said in Romans. It's only for now. It's not forever. Removal of the fear of death changes one's view of life. To live is Christ. Paul, going through all of his difficulties, always knew that this life is about Christ. My future life is about being with Christ. There is no loss. There is no possible defeat there. It grieves me to see how some people cling to this life as if this is all there is. I'm not saying you shouldn't try to live. We we should. We should try to live as long as the Lord has for us and live fruitful lives as as we we said. But there is the bucket list mentality that I got to do these things before I die. This is the last chance for me to do these things. And you know what? What? Those things are going to look so puny in eternity because the things that we experience with Christ will be millions of times beyond that. Millions of times better. We must not think that this is all there is or act like that. Now, I know some of you are going to say, well, that's easy for you to say. You aren't facing a terminal illness. Well, all of us are terminal. It's true. I haven't yet been diagnosed with what will take me home. But all of us will unless Jesus comes first. But I have been around enough mature believers that I have seen face terminal illnesses and even in last moments again and again I have seen them face it with grace without terror and with peace that comes only from Christ for you who trust in Christ alone for your eternal life you don't need to fear but with Paul we can believe for me to live is Christ but to die is gain let's bow together Lord, will you give us a right perspective on living and dying? We're all alive here today. But there will be that day if the Lord Jesus tarries. So help us, Lord, to live purposeful and joyful lives. But to know that to be with Christ is even better. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen.